you got a Bible, we're in Luke chapter 10. That's where we're going to be tonight. Um, before we get there, story time. Um, and I know in, in one of your, uh, your, one of your smoke questions was about, uh, have you ever been lost? And I, I overheard somebody talking about like their mama leaving them in a uh, grocery store or something when you're like a toddler, which I know is terrifying. That's just a terrifying situation. We've all been there. Um, but uh, there's only been like one time when I think I've actually like been legit lost. All right. Uh, <laughs> I have, I have two brother-in-laws. I'm, I was screaming over you during that game. This is not happening right now. So, uh, so um, I have two brother-in-laws and then one kind of like other guy who hangs out with us who we like pretend is a brother-in-law, but as is that actually, whatever. We got, I got three, three brother-in-laws essentially. And, and we're all about the same age. We're like hanging out and doing stuff together. And, and so uh, it's one time, um, right after I moved to Huntsville, one of my, uh, the brother-in-law that lived in Huntsville said, hey, why don't we get everybody together and we're going to go camp in this place called Walls of Jericho, right? Anybody been to Walls of Jericho? It's like a, it's like a three-mile hike. It's not a big deal. Like it's three miles. Just, you like walk down a hill, and then you're like there. It's not not a big thing. So so we we get we get super geared up because we don't get to go camping very much because we're adults and have jobs and it's annoying. So we we like. We like Rambo's, like, I mean, I got like knives strapped to my pants and stuff. I got, I got every piece of camping sort of gear I've got. Like I'm going to kill an antelope or something with like in walls of Jericho. There's no animals there. Anyway, so we got everything. We got, we got backpacks, the full like cage back, not like backpacks you have at school, but like the ones with like a waist belt, like holds it up on your hips. I don't have hips. It doesn't work well for me, but I tried. Um, and I had, so we, we, we get all this stuff in the car and the car's like completely full. We're only camping one night. We're only walking three miles and we're, we look like we're going to, like hike the entire Appalachian Trail or something. We had water and, and food and like pots and pans and stuff. And some of them had uh, all this like super fancy camping gear, like these little stoves that look like robot arms or something weird. And it was, it was, we had everything. Had the car like slammed to the walls full. We get halfway there, that car that slammed to the walls full breaks down. So that's annoying. Right, And so we're in the middle of absolute nowhere between here and the walls of Jericho, which there's nothing between here and the walls of Jericho. And there just happens to be this weird like shed thing that there's a car parked in. And we're like, I hope that's a shop. And so we, we push the thing and then we get there and we're like, hey, this, the, the car died. And he's like, well, it'll be like three hours. Okay, well, it's like five o'clock and it's going to be three hours. So we sat there in the cold for three hours while some you know, Jethro or whatever, like works on the car. And, um, and so we give the guy some money. He gets us moving again. It's like held together with fishing wire and duct tape or something, but we're, we're going, we, we get to, we get to the walls of Jericho. We park in the parking lot. We unload all of our stuff, right? And I get my backpack on. It weighs like 30, 40 pounds, which is a lot for me since I weigh like 40, 50 pounds. It's a lot of weight. I strapped this. I'm carrying the tent for all of us. It's got like, it's one of those tents that's got like a front porch on it. This isn't like some sissy baby tent. This is a tent that comes complete with like an inflatable fire pit. You know, it's a great, it's a great tent. And I got that in my bag and a bunch of other junk. I think I got like a steel pot in there somewhere and uh, I'm strapped in. I'm ready to go. Right? So everybody gets their stuff on, hats and gloves and whatever. And we start walking in the woods. The brother-in-law who planned the trip, he's out front. He's leading the way. And I'm talking to the other brother-in-law in the back because at this point I'm tired and I really don't care. So I'm just following this guy. This guy's walking. And we're, we're walking for a little while. We're talking about, you know, life and God and, you know, really holy stuff like you. Anyway, um, so we're doing that. And then uh, we weren't talking about that. We're probably talking about how our wives do silly things. I don't know, whatever. Um, and so then all of a sudden he's like, we kind of stop and, he's, and he kind of like points this way. And we kind of, we go over here. We walk through the woods to a different trail and start walking down a different trail. And then we walked like 30 minutes, which I felt like should be about three miles. I know it's only a three-mile hike. And as I say, uh, 
hey, um, hey, bud, uh, we almost there? Because I don't see like, it's supposed to be like a huge canyon thing. I don't see a canyon. I feel like I'm basically where I started. We're we getting close. He's like, I don't, I don't know. The trails aren't really like marked real well. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure how much longer it's going to be. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Mm, that's weird. Um, and so we keep walking and, uh, you know, about another 30 minutes passes and that, that inflatable fire pit on my back is getting a little heavy and I'm getting a little bit irritable because I really want to eat some hot dogs cooked over a fire because that's the only reason anybody goes camping. Otherwise, just go to a hotel. Why, why do we do this to ourselves? Anyway, so I really wanted my, my fire roasted hot dog. And um, so I, I stopped him again. I said, hey, uh, hey, bud, um, so about this camping situation, when does the camping start and the walking stop? Right? He said, well, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. The trails aren't, you know, words, emotions. And I said, well, just why don't you just, why don't we just stop for a second? Just pull out the map and just figure it out. And he says, well, I didn't bring a map. You what? <laughs> it's important sometimes for us students to stop along the way in life. Just stop for a second and just, and just pull out the map of, of who we are and what we're called to do and, and where we're called to be going in this whole thing that's called Christianity. And take a look at the map and figure out where am I on this map and where am I supposed to be going? Am I still going in the right direction? I think sometimes, it's maybe especially for teenagers, I think sometimes life presses in on you in new and unusual ways. <laughs> And every time it's something different, but there's always something that, that gets the better of you and it kind of like wraps itself around you and ends up distracting you, kind of pulling you off course in one way or another. And it might not be a way you expect. You might not even know what's going on until you have a moment where you can just stop and pull out the map and say, am I really, am I really doing what God's called me to do? Am I really going the direction I intend to be going? In Luke chapter 10, uh, Jesus um, has an exchange with a lawyer. And this is one of the verses for me that are just like foundational, core, basic Christianity stuff that, that, that serves as this map for me. Now, when I look at passages like Luke 10, it's, it's verses 25 to 28. Just, I, want you to be, I want you to get there on your phone or whatever. Luke 5, uh, no, Luke 10, 25 to 28. It's one of those passages that, that serves as, as this guidepost for me. Help ask me and, and, and help me address whether I actually am going the way I want to be going. So let's, let's look at that together. In Luke chapter 10 and 25, it says, Behold, a lawyer stood up to put him, him being Jesus, to the test. And he said this, he said, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? The exchange begins with a question, and it's a, it's a beautiful question. It's a, it's a question that, um, that I hope you can answer. Uh, people are, uh, people, you know, like good questions. It's just a, it's a thing. Like, I, I like when somebody comes and asks me a question I don't really expect or whatever, and I, I like to, you know, kind of wrestle with some difficult questions, which is why I think everybody in my office is addicted to that, uh, what's, uh, trivia crack. What a great, you don't, you don't know what, you're all going to be addicted to trivia crack with me and my people in my office tomorrow. Just download it. Uh, Jacob Williams thinks he's smarter than you and he'll crush you at it, apparently. He told me he didn't think I was smart enough to have that app earlier. That guy. <laughs> Learn a lesson about what you should say to your student minister who gets a microphone. Okay? Anyway, so he says I'm not smart enough to play uh, trivia crack. Maybe I'm not. I can't remember the name of it. So, it's just a game. It just asks you question after question after question after question and it's just, it's just I want to know the answer. I want to know the answer. Every question, I don't know the answer. Right? Right? 
I can work Google really fast. I got this. Anyway, so but we just like, this, we like good questions. And this guy brings this really good question to Jesus. And this question is so great for, for a couple of reasons. One, I, I think, I think that this, this one simple question of what must I do to inherit eternal life has this very clarifying effect for me. It doesn't, it's he didn't ask, hey, Jesus, list off every single thing I'm supposed to do as a believer. He got to the core of the, of the, the, the core identity of what makes us Christians. What must I do to inherit eternal life? He cut through all the noise and all the rules or something. Or he's, this, guy's, this guy's a Pharisee. He, he's, he's a guy who grew up with hundreds of rules that he's supposed to follow. And he cuts through all the rules and he just says, hey, man, just, just borderline, like foundationally, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? That's a question that some of you have, have asked your small group leaders. Some of you have asked me or asked a friend, and, and, and when you found an answer to that question, it changed everything for you. It's an incredibly powerful question. What must I do to inherit eternal life? I think sometimes students, we get distracted. Not just from bad things, but even from good things. Like we're supposed to be here and we're supposed to read this and do that. I got my uh, high school rooted kids. I made you, I got told you guys to read two books over Christmas. There's just stuff that like, adds up. It's not bad things. It's good things. But I think sometimes those good things can get us away from that core question. Foundationally, what makes me a Christian? Foundationally, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What matters most? Is it greenhouse attendance? Is it checking a box and being in a, sm- in a small group on Sunday? Is it being nice enough to my mom? Is it, is it all the things that, that in our heads we, we should be doing and know we should be doing? Is that, is that it? Is there like this huge litany of things? Or is there just some simple, core, clear, clarifying answer? It's the latter. Jesus gives the answer. Don't you just love that the Bible gives answers? Don't you just love that, that God's word isn't just a book of questions. It's a book of answers that still speaks. I, I just, that's just for free. I, mean, I just love that. Jesus answers, he says, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbors as yourself. Now, um, this morning, I, I, I was looking at that passage again and, and I, I kind of read the end of that and, it's, and it just has, and this, it says, love your Lord your God with all this and this and this and this and this. And one of those and this is, is and your neighbor as yourself. It didn't separate it in my ESV. And I was like, that's kind of weird. Because I memorized this in NIV and NIV separates it. It makes it two different things. And I was like, hmm, I wonder which one's right. So I, I went and I went back to my, uh, I wasn't, went to seminary so I can like look at Greek stuff. So I went and like, I checked it out. There's no separation there. It's not two sentences. This isn't two commands. It's one command with a whole bunch of ands in it. That was interesting to me because, because for me, I've always, I've, I've taught this, I've, I've read this, I've heard this taught as, as two kind of separate deals. That I'm supposed to love God with everything I've got and I'm supposed to love people well. But when Jesus spoke these words, he didn't separate those two things. He only gave one command. The only one command given is love the Lord your God. And then he gives a series of ways that we're supposed to do that. So the first, the first several are with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength, and with all of our mind. And then he keeps rolling. He rolls right into, and your neighbor as yourself. 
So I started thinking about that. I'm like, how do, okay, so how do, what does that mean? What is, how do I put this together? So, so really what that ended up meaning for me when I was looking at this thing, I, I, I put those, those beginning ones, that heart, soul, mind, and strength together. Those are all things that are internal to me, that are just me. I can do those four things with just me standing there and the, like with nobody else in the room. I can handle those four things, heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's inside of me. So I'm supposed to love the Lord my God with everything that's in me. With my heart and my mind and my soul, my stream, everything that I can think of that would, that would define me as a person, I'm supposed to love God with all, of, with all that I am. And in that same breath, with no separation, another way, just like saying I'm supposed to love the Lord with all my strength or all my mind, another way that I love the Lord is by loving other people well. So for me, I thought, okay, so if, if I'm supposed to love God with everything that's inside of me, then maybe, maybe that means that I'm supposed to also love the Lord, my God, with everything that I do outside of me. So then everything in, everything out, everything about me as a person is supposed to be centered on this, this one thing. I'm supposed to love the Lord with God with everything I am, with everything that's in me and everything that I do. That sounds so... Um, at, the, at the same time, that, that sounds so simple to me and yet so impractical. So I thought about that. I'm like, okay, so I got, I'm going to have 200 students in the room. And I'm going to tell them, like, man, we're called to, if we're called to answer this one question, what do I do to inherit eternal life? I'm going to boil this whole thing down to just a couple of things, like just core of who we are. And that's the love of the Lord God with everything inside of you and everything that comes out of you. Then how do I, how do I help you wrap your head around that? So what I did, I just sat down and started thinking about these five things. Am I loving the Lord, my God, with all my heart? No. Or my mind? No. And I just sat there and just reflected on them. And the Holy Spirit just like has this way of showing you um, where you're not lining up with that. So here's, here's what you're going to do. It's not going to be weird. It's going to be great. I want you to close your eyes just for a second. And you, I just want you to do what I did earlier today. I'm going to read this over you a couple of times and just let you just kind of think through each of these things. And I just want you to evaluate yourself up against the word of God. So you're just evaluating yourself up against this. So this is what Jesus is. This is Jesus' answer to the question. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. So hold yourself up against that. With all your heart. Not part of it. Not only all your heart, but with all your soul. Soul being like your core identity. From the depths of who you are. He adds to heart and soul. He adds strength. You're strong people. You weather all sorts of things. What do you use your strength on? Is your strength employed to bring glory and honor to the name of Jesus? Is your strength employed to love God well? 
He adds to that your mind. Are you employing your, like, are you using your full, like, intellectual capacity to dig in deep and understand this faith? Are you actively trying to figure it out? Are you, are you mentally engaged here? Are you loving God with all your mind? And the fifth way that he calls us to love, to love him, the fifth way is to love your neighbor as yourself. One of your smarter questions was, was about how you take care of you. Do you take care of people the way you take care of you? All right, back up here. So tonight, um, first time the whole student ministry has been in the room together in a long time since, since summer. And in summer, a lot of you are like doing other things. So this is the first time that, that this number of people have been in the same room together probably since like Christmas greenhouse last year. And so I thought, man, what do we, what do we need to do as a student ministry together when we're, we're, it's our first night all together. We're all in, we're all here. I wanted us to take a minute to just stop in the middle of the crazy, right, right between midterms and finals and whatever you got going on, man. I want to just stop and, and say, hey, are we, are, we going, are we going in the right direction? Because I feel like I've been walking a long way. I've, I've, I'm really tired. I've been doing a lot of things. Man, I'm coming to Greenhouse on a Wednesday after I just got out of practice. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do the stuff. I just wanted to make you stop and just, just pull out the map and say, am I, am I actually going in the direction I intend to go? Because I know you guys, and I know for the most part, man, you, you put in a lot of work to, to be the kind of people you want to be. I see the effort in your life. I, I see you trying. But, man, sometimes for me, I know that, that I get a whole lot of effort going, and it's just not quite in the right direction. I'm trying really hard just to fulfill a bunch of rules. Or I'm trying really hard to, to make people feel like I'm doing a good job. Or I'm, I'm trying really hard to make somebody proud of me, and I'm not... I'm not doing as good of a job just giving, pouring everything I am into loving God well. I know how hard you're working. I know you're worn out. I know at this time of the semester, man, you just, you need a break. I know that when you came off of Thanksgiving and you went back to school, that felt like you were going to die. Like, I get it. I know you got papers and essays and math tests and whatever coming up this week. I know how hard you're working. I just don't want to make, I want to make sure you're working in the right direction. Our aim as individuals and as a student ministry is to love God passionately and to love people well because of our love for him. Maybe, maybe when you're sitting there and, and you're having that time of evaluation and you're like, nope. All right, next one. Nope. Not that one either. Or that one or the last one. Great. I'm a terrible person. You're not. This is this whole this Christian life is a is a is a journey. It's a it's a 
I didn't just get out of the car and I was at walls of Jericho. Like I had to, they had to traverse the, the distance. You've got to walk down the path. And so, yeah, the path you're on right now, maybe you got off the wrong path for a little while and you're kind of off in the weeds and okay. But from that, the moment when you figure out where you are in relation to where you want to be, you've got a, a direction to go. I just don't want you wandering out in the middle of nowhere. So, in that time of reflection, man, when you're sitting there thinking in your head, if, if, if things weren't checking off, if, if you weren't where you want to be, it's okay. Our aim is to be those kind of people that love God with everything we've got. God didn't call you to accept him, to accept his son, Jesus, and then be perfect instantly. That's not how this works. This huge group of people is how this is intended to work. You're surrounded by people that sit in those small groups with you every week in greenhouse. You're surrounded by people that are your age, that know you, who are there to be able to support and encourage and push you when things are kind of off track a little bit. You've got small group leaders that know your name, that pray for you week in, week out, that are there hoping that they can have an impact and help bring you along a little bit further down that path, a little bit toward that goal of loving God well. Being the kind of person who intimately knows God and is working hard to make him known in their life. You've got people around you for that. That's what this student ministry is intended to do. That's who we are. That's where we're going to go. Whether we're in two separate rooms or one big room, that's what we're going to be about. I think it's important for us at the beginning of a kind of a different little chapter here for a while to be reminded of, of what we're shooting for. I want you to know that for me, my desire for you is to be a person who knows God intimately and is working as hard as you can to make him known in your school and your sports teams and your home. It's what I want to see for you. Now, I'm fully aware that there's a bunch of you in the room who haven't made that choice to follow Jesus with your life yet. I know that. I want you to know that's okay. I want you to know that Greenhouse is a place where you can be and have not made your decision yet. We're here to help you with that. We're not going to push anything on you. We're not going to push you into anything. We're here to answer questions. We're here to tell you what God's done in our lives, of the evidence that we've seen. We're here to help make clarity and bring clarity to a situation that, that can be a little bit confusing at the outset. So in your times of small group, man, I hope, that you'll, I hope that you'll use those times to get to know people. And I hope when you need help, when you need somebody to come alongside you, those are the people you look to. I hope that when life falls apart, you text your small group leader and say, hey, that girl I've been dating for a year just broke out with me. That's what they're for. They've all been dumped before. They'll all know how it feels. They're there for you. Use them. If I can ever be of any help to any of you guys, I'm here. It's like what I do. We're a group of people trying to help each other in any way that we can get closer and closer to that aim, that, that end point, that goal, being people who love God passionately and make him known. We're in it together. And I'm thankful and honored and feel privileged to get to be in it with you. I want to pray for you. We've got a couple announcements. We'll get out of here. Okay, let me pray. Father, um, I'm so thankful for this student ministry at Mount Zion Baptist Church. I'm thankful for the impact that it has on each one of us and the impact it has on me, God. I know that lives are changed week in, week out in small little increments. 
And students are drawn step by step closer to you. But God, sometimes those steps kind of get out of order and we end up kind of off in the woods somewhere and we're not really going in the direction we intended to go. So today, for, for those of us, including myself, those of us who know that, that we're not on the, on the path that we intended to be on, somehow we strayed in there. We're not loving you well. We're not loving people well. Whatever our deal is, God, help us, help us to straighten it out. Help us to get back on the right track. Help us to come home. God, restore the bruises to our relationship with you. Father, um, I pray that our student ministry would be one um, where students encourage and uplift students. Where small group leaders um, are used to find answers to difficult questions. Where relationships matter. And that in all of that, you are lifted up. May it be so. In Jesus' name, amen.